I would say to chill out, relax, enjoy it, and trust where you are at in your process and your journey, because it doesn't matter where anyone else is. It doesn't matter if this person's XYZ and they're winning world championships. Like that's not where you're at in your journey right now. Like trust what you're doing day to day and really buy into the process and the process of learning about yourself through all of these like setbacks and comebacks and the process that's endurance sports. Welcome to For the Long Run, the podcast exploring the why behind what keeps runners running long, strong, and motivated. I'm your host, Jonathan Levitt. Through personal and professional connections in the running world, I have the privilege of getting to know some amazing athletes. I've always been fascinated by the psychological aspect of running, and this podcast is aimed at exploring this and much more. I hope you enjoy. Have you guys heard of Beam? I have been absolutely loving their products lately. Beam is a CBD company that's making waves in the running world by offering products that combine THC-free CBD with other high quality ingredients. It was founded by two ex-professional athletes with the idea that everyone should have the chance to experience what better feels like. Whether you're sore or stressed, Beam is key for recovery and self-care. Try it for yourself with 15% off using the code FTLR from beamtlc.com. I recommend Beam Dream Powder or the Focus Capsules. This episode is brought to you by Super Coffee healthy, delicious alternative to sugary coffee drinks. Super Coffee was recently named the fastest growing food and beverage brand in America by Inc. Magazine, and after tasting a bunch of their flavors, I can see why. Their coffees contain zero sugar, and many of them contain 10 grams of plant-based protein. They're growing in popularity in the running community, and I'm excited to share a special discount with you. They offer a 60-day money-back guarantee, meaning if you don't love it, you get your money back, no questions asked. Grab 15% online with the code FTLR or look for them nationwide in 25,000 stores like Target, Whole Foods, Walmart, Kroger, and CVS. Cheers. And welcome back. I have Lisa Bacaris joining me on the podcast today. Lisa, thanks so much for taking some time to chat. Thanks for having me in your cool podcast room. Of course. We just took the bike out of the room, so mm-hmm. you won't be tempted to ride away. Yeah, it's <laughs> or, sad. Or, nothing to, or nothing take to it. look at. <laughs> um, but we can look at these mountains that are here. That's uh, the Grand Canyon. Is that the, Canyon. Yeah, I was going to say the Grand Canyon. Canyon? That's out near Ure. Oh, that's, the, what do they call that? Like the Switzerland of Colorado? Switzerland of the Americas. Of the Americas. Yeah. You know, and there's talk of it making it into a national park, which I hope they never do because it'll absolutely ruin the whole thing. So I take it you've been out there. Yes. Beautiful. Yes. Went off-roading. I hate off-roading, by the way. In a car. In a, <laughs> in a car, car or on in a bike? In a car. Got it. In a car. Because you feel like you're going to vomit the whole time and you're like. Was that, was that on Million Dollar Highway? No. Because that's paved. No. Just some of those off-road Jeep routes. Yeah. Terrifying also. Because it's like some of them are just like a sheer cliff yeah. that you can fall off and just die. So I found out that the reason that they don't have sides yeah. to that or like barricades beyond the cliff is because they need enough room for the plows to get through and snow plow. So as a result, they didn't put up barriers. So there are like seven or eight deaths every year because of yeah. the need for snow plows. Yeah. Why do you need a snow plow on 
like an off road. No, not on the Jeep road, on like oh. the windy road that goes out of town. Oh. Yeah. Oh. That one that goes north. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's scary too. That is a scary yeah. road. I drove it and I stayed on the left side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oncoming <laughs> yeah. traffic. It's the fine. internal side. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll probably talk a lot about Colorado in the duration of this podcast. Neither of us are from here nope. or have is lived here for a from while. Here I don't anymore? I think so. <laughs> we'll get into that too, I'm sure. Um, but before we get too far, who is Lisa? Well, I was born on February 20th, 1990. I'm a Pisces. My favorite food is watermelon. My favorite color is blue. And I like to go to bed before 9 p.m. Wow. Okay. There's nothing more that you need to know. Those are the the most important things. Those are the most important things. I've had a lot of conversations lately about identity and like Mm -hmm. putting yourself into buckets. And so whenever I ask professional athletes or any athlete this question, it's always interesting to see where they go. And you don't lead with, I'm Lisa, I'm a professional triathlete, and I like to ride my bike with two handlebars. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer one. <laughs> <laughs> um, you led with interesting, fun facts about yourself <laughs> and, uh, you know, the fact that probably most people in this town go to bed before nine o'clock. Yeah, I, th- I think it is common. I do. And those are my favorite people. Yeah. The ones that go to bed and the early. watermelon eaters, of course. And the watermelon right. eaters. Absolutely. I just got my first watermelon this season upstairs. It's good. It's fantastic. Yeah. I just caught another one yesterday. Nice. I ate a whole watermelon last week. Do you know how to properly assess if a watermelon is a good watermelon? See, I was talking to my roommate about this yesterday, and this is embarrassing because my dad, we had a family wholesale produce business for forever, and so I should know a lot more about produce than I do. But I I feel like I remember him saying when it's like kind of yellow on the bottom or one side that it's like ripe. So I just choose those, and that's kind of like a up in the air whether it's going to be good or not. Interesting. Yeah. So I learned yesterday from Ross. So it's wrong. This is wrong. It, it might be. <laughs> I, I might be wrong too. I learned yesterday what I was told from Ross, who you yeah. just met, that you're supposed to hold it and like slap it a little bit, and if it sounds hollow, it's good. Okay. So maybe and it has a yellow bottom. And it has, hollow and <laughs> it has and a yellow it, bottom. Yeah, you slap it a little. It's totally fine. <laughs> Normal things in the grocery store. People will understand. So the Whole Foods here, you can at least be outside when you're doing this. So it's not like oh, a yes. reverberating, like slapping the watermelon. Right, right, <laughs> right. Okay, but I it have, makes me want to say slapping the base. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have this like weird thing about things outside of a grocery store. So you don't buy plants then? Uh, no. <laughs> I did buy some seed once or some wildflower seed this year. And like, I'm kind of growing that, but not really. But like, do you pick up the watermelon and then bring it inside to your cart? Like you get the cart second? I don't know. The order of operations on that one is kind of up to you, but. Or do you like, you check out and you're like, Hey, I'm getting a watermelon by the way. And then you like take one when you leave. Or is that illegal? See, I would think that that would favor the store because probably 50% of people would forget to actually pick up the watermelon. Yeah. I'll, yeah. So maybe that is the rule because yeah. that probably helps. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess I get nervous. So I just pick, the, I use the ones inside. The cut ones. No. Well, I, I shop at King Supers on, uh, in Gun Barrel. So they keep the water. Well, they keep some watermelons outside, but I, I pick they only the put ones. the good ones outside. So they're all good. Well, but I got the ones inside <laughs> and those are good. Oh. <laughs> all right. Moving on from <laughs> ripe watermelons <laughs> and on to potted plants. These are the first plants I've ever owned and they actually did better when I was living 2,000 miles away and my friend came to water them than when I live here with them. Like this one, this one's dying. Yep, it just, it just broke off. That's why, have you heard of succulents? This is a succulent. Oh, don't, don't they not need water? Apparently they do. 
It's the dry climate. <laughs> <We> <laughs> Do can, don't you put more lotion on yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. More sunscreen. sunscreen. Yeah. yeah. Shout out yeah. to Kinesis. <laughs> <laughs> so Lisa, the watermelon eater, the mm-hmm. Pisces. I'm a Pisces. Pisces. Yes. We were born in the same year. Cool. Yeah. Oh, thirty um, one. Ah, turning thirty one. Okay. When's your birthday? Next month, oh, August. Thirty one's kind of hard. Kind of. Yeah. Well, so we're it's like in our mid thirties. It's now. a re. That's not mid. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> to anyone listening. <laughs> 31 is not mid-30s. I will be celebrating my 30th birthday plus one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So to recap our conversation so far, watermelons are fantastic. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Lisa is a watermelon connoisseur who also happens to dabble in triathlon. Yes. So since this is an endurance-focused podcast and less about botany and such, (laughs) let's move on over to, to that. Switching gears entirely. Bike pun, obviously intended. Absolutely. Um, Do you remember your first... Normally I ask run, but I'm going to ask ride. Do I remember my first ride? Your first bike ride. Like were you wearing? Like were you, did you have ride? training wheels? Oh, like back like the back first in the time. day. Like you uh, sit down on a bike and go. Your first time ever. No, I don't. Okay. But I remember like a couple bikes growing up. I got not like two separate Christmases, but I got like two bikes for Christmas before. Which okay. Was cool. So Talking I, like, about those bikes. Like, um, one was, I'm pretty sure. No, it didn't. It didn't have training wheels on it, but it was pink and purple and it had these like tassels off of the, the handlebars. It only like lit up when you went like 27 miles an hour faster. No, no, no light up bikes. <laughs> and you know, Santa wasn't, I apparently I wasn't good enough that year to, to get the light up kind. But, uh, but I, so I don't, I just remember I'm like in this picture and I like had a mullet growing up because my parents thought that was cool or they thought obviously they, they, I didn't want to brush my hair or something. Right. Anyways, so I'm in this one, like a jumpsuit pajamas and I'm like straddling my new bike I got for Christmas. So I remember that photo. And then I remember, I don't know, this is probably like upper elementary school. I got like this cool mint green huffy and I was like obsessed with that. Now and you've made I it. I rode that bike all over town. Nice. Awesome. And at what point did you realize you might be pretty good at riding bikes? Uh still searching for that. <laughs> I said, am I? I don't know yet. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> still up in the air. <laughs> well, to be honest, I got my first like real bike in 2014 because I had signed up for a triathlon and then I was like, shoot, I actually need a bike. I need a bike. So why'd you <laughs> sign up? I signed up for my first triathlon because I had just finished uh, graduate school and I was a graduate assistant at a university. This was in central Illinois and all of my friends were the other graduate assistants. And I was offered a full-time coaching position and they were all going to like different universities for various jobs. And so I was like, what am I going to do all summer? Literally all my friends in central (laughs) Illinois are leaving me and there's not much to do in central Illinois. So I'll sign up for a half Ironman because that'll keep me entertained all summer. So that was, that was what, (laughs) what I did. (laughs) And what were you thinking about on the start line? Well, I did a sprint triathlon two weeks before because someone told me it would be a good idea to do a triathlon before I did a half. Would you say they were right? Yeah, it was great. (laughs) It was great. (laughs) Good advice. But but you know how like coming from a running background, you know how runners pin their bibs like onto their race kits? Like that's not a thing in triathlon. Right. Because it's just your skin. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that or you, you have these race belts. 
that you like grab when you go to the run and you put it around you. Right. But in my first couple triathlons, I like would pin the numbers to me and then look at this runner out of, yeah, they're like, who's this like newbie? Like, what is she doing? You need a race belt. And I was like, what's a race belt? You need a lot of things for a triathlon. But then I like would swim in a sports bra and then I would get into transition and I would like throw on like a bike Jersey with my pinned number (laughs) on it. And it was super cool. Um, I don't know where we were going with that. You were going to talk about the experience on the start line, but you were oh. pin, pinning bibs on. Yeah, pinning bibs on. Okay, experience on the start line. So for the half Ironman, it was a wetsuit legal race. And so I didn't have a wetsuit, so I rented one, which was great. And this one was in Lake Michigan because it, it was in Benton Harbor, Michigan, which is beautiful if you've never been. And I just remember like someone else from Central Illinois was there and they were like, oh, help you like zip up your wetsuit and you should like loop the thing like this so you can get it off. So I'm just like, all right, great. Here we go. And in that time, I my age category was with like the women's 50, 55 age category too. So I was like, oh, I just got to get get away from these 55 year olds. <laughs> I think that's what I was thinking. <laughs> nice. What was the finish line like? Uh, painful, <laughs> painful because I, this is something I had to learn is like, you need to eat a lot during these. It's more about eating less about exercising at that point. And I remember the last mile I was like hunched over and just trying to get to the finish line. And I remember I crossed the finish line and I was like, I'm not going to do one of those for a very long time. <laughs> and it did took me three years to do another half Ironman. And why did you choose to do another one? Because I'd gotten more into triathlon and I, um, at that point I had qualified for my elite racing license and I was like, I want to do one more half Ironman cause that's what I'll probably be racing, um, in the professional field. So I did one and I won that one. So that was cool. And it was in North Carolina and it was like a downstream swim. Nice. So swim really Just fast. float. You, you can literally float to a PR. <laughs> it's my kind of swim. That's my kind of swim. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you got your start in running, moved into triathlon. Let's back up a couple more steps and talk about your first run. Do you remember that? I don't remember, but I'm sure I was beating everyone. At what point did you realize that you were beating everyone and you might be good at this? It was in elementary school. Elementary school. You know when girls were still faster than boys in elementary school? Those were the Most of it. (laughs) (laughs) But we had this like mile that we would do for gym class. And I loved it. And I was the type of girl that would push really hard and like my face would get like red and blotchy. And, um, but this isn't surprising (laughs) at all. (laughs) They would, uh, I just remember like up until maybe it was fifth grade, the boys started like beating me again, but I would just like run around that mile loop and I would just want to beat all the boys. So I thought that was like pretty good. And so that was elementary school. Mm -hmm. Did you run competitively in middle school, high school, college? Or was it, were you a elementary school uh, <laughs> phenom? And, and well, I was the sixth grade a mile record holder wow. for, for a hot second. Do you still hold that record? No, oh. I was beat. I'm bitter about Recently? it. Recently? No. You torment the little girl? No, I think when I was in high school. <laughs> and that's what my, uh, my dad would say. I peaked in sixth grade. <laughs> Sometimes I agree with him. <laughs> so you're racing triathlon now. Yeah. You've been in Boulder for four years? Three Is and a half. Three and a half. Yeah. Okay, three we're half. rounding down. Yep. Um, <laughs> Why Boulder? Why did you come to this mecca of a of an endurance place? Yes. So I had been coaching collegiate cross country and track for five and a half years. And I 
was just starting to get into more of triathlon. And I had a lot of people around me who were like, Lisa, you can try and do this at the professional level. And it took a couple of years for it to click and be like, oh, I don't really know if I like this sport, first of all. Because I would only, I'd run year round with like the girls on the team and whatnot. And then in the You couldn't summer, get them to bike with you? No. no. <laughs> I tried to. Like if they were injured, I was like, here, borrow the cycle cross bike. Like, let's go ride. <laughs> but um, I would only like swim and bike in the summer because I... I was like, why would you swim and bike year round? I don't understand. And uh, so I started getting more into triathlon, started getting more competitive at it. And in 2017, I was kind of like, well, I only have so many years of my life to try and do this competitively. I kind of want to explore that opportunity. So I started looking for jobs and this guy that I knew, we were ambassadors for a wheel company together. (laughs) He was like, oh, this company I work for is hiring out in Boulder. And I was like, oh, Boulder, like the Mecca of endurance, the Mecca of running, the Mecca of triathlon. Like, okay. So I applied to that job. You could say it was a really good opportunity. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So yeah, I moved out here essentially like December, 2017. And what was it like at first? It was very humbling, very humbling. Cause I lived six miles up Lee Hill drive (laughs) And which is at like 7,100 feet or so. It's like challenging to drive up this road. Yes. And I moved in the winter (laughs) and I don't have a four wheel drive car. It was terrible. And I lived with a couple of, a couple of runners, Andy Wacker and Carly Rumpel. Do you know them? Oh yeah. It's like a, the athlete house. Yes. Yeah. 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 (laughs) So I lived up there Got it. and, um, and it was awesome. Like it's, have you been up there? Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's, the view is beautiful. It's incredible. But it's awful if you're a triathlete or not a mountain runner. Got it. Like if you're Andy, that's like your bread and butter. You're like running up mountains all day. And right. I'm like, no, I don't want to gain 600 feet in a mile run. In the first mile. Yeah. In the first <laughs> mile. I lived there for about six months, but it was such a humbling experience because every group run you go to, every group ride everywhere, you're like, oh, there's Olympian and there's this person. And I was literally the slowest person at every group run. I'd be like, does anyone run like over a seven minute pace <laughs> for long runs? No. Okay. No. We're, you know, we are at 5,000 feet. Like, do we have to run fast all the time? Did you guys know it's also 95 degrees? Yeah, right I'm now? dying. <laughs> I've been dehydrated for 10 miles. <laughs> yeah. So it was a very humbling experience. And my whole first year as a professional was a very humbling experience. So what kept you going through that? I just, I know, and I knew at that point that like, I'm not someone who wants to give up on something really easily. And I knew that I had a lot to give and a lot more. I just knew I hadn't reached my potential or met it or was anywhere close to it. I mean, there was a lot of times where I was questioning if I could or not. What were those conversations like? Why did I move out here? Why did I leave a job that I really liked and a close knit community? And what's the point? What, what am I doing this for? I would go through that conversation a lot. Like daily? uh, Maybe not daily, but maybe like every couple of weeks, especially after I would race. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I just got my ass handed to me. And here we are. Do I belong here? Do I not? Um, I think it was looking back, it was such an important thing to go through. But it's not fun to go through while you're going through it. You're like, don't have that perspective. What would middle 30s Lisa... (laughs) <laughs> Say, well, if you're not saying I'm, we're mid-30s, then I'm not mid-30s. Yeah, we're I'm not. Like, I'm like early 20s. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what would what would early 20s Lisa say? Sorry, what would, would Lisa of today <laughs> say to Lisa of 
three and a half to two and a half years ago. Two and a half years ago. So you're a year into it. Yeah. I would say to chill out, relax, enjoy it, and trust where you are at in your process and your journey because it doesn't matter where anyone else is. It doesn't matter if this person's XYZ and they're winning world championships. Like that's not where you're at in your journey right now. Like trust what you're doing day to day and really buy into the process and the process of learning about yourself through all of these like setbacks and comebacks and the process that's endurance sports. Like, Are you still talking about endurance sports? I don't, <laughs> I don't think so. No, because I feel like really philosophical. I feel like philosophical. Nice. Philosophical. <laughs> philosophical. I was going to let you figure that one out. Um, no, because your your social media presence is very much like that's the ethos of everything you share. Mm-hmm. Like that's your context. It is like it doesn't matter what's going on yeah. around you. It's are you in the process of getting better? Are you finding your way? Are you doing things that make you happy? And like for anyone who doesn't follow Lisa, I suggest you change that. She is very entertaining. Like, it's like a mix of like – Pure stoke and entertainment and also just like kicking your ass with philosophizing and <laughs> and good thoughts. So make sure you follow her. I don't know that follow Friday is a thing anymore, but today we'll make it a it's thing. It's Friday? It's Monday. No, but this this will be released on a Friday. Okay. Sorry. It's Friday, everyone. <laughs> Happy to, Friday. Happy I had, weekend. I had to check. <laughs> I know. Now. I was like today, today, I was like, I don't know what day it is. I usually don't know what month it is. Yeah. I normally don't run on Mondays and I just ran. So I'm like all sorts of yeah, confused. Yeah. So it's like Tuesday. And I ran five sure. miles, which is what I normally do on Friday. So actually. So today's, we'll just be in Friday. Yeah, today's I'm Friday. I'm going to tell my coworkers I'm not working tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> if you need me, I won't be here. Well, Lisa got fired. She didn't show up for work for two days, but she did a cool podcast. Yeah, so it was great. So that's what you would tell yourself of two and a half to three and a half years ago. Yeah. Do you think you would have believed that or would it have hit? No, I wouldn't have believed it. And I, I learned a lot of this when I was coaching collegiately because when I was a freshman in college, my coach would tell me these things all the time. Like you only have four years, like take advantage of it. X, Y, Z, blah, 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 blah. But like as a freshman, you're like uh, food, cafeteria, boys. Oh, dorm life. Let's stay up till 2 a.m. There's a frat party. Yeah. So you're just like buzzing. And when I was coaching, I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that these kids know that these freshmen know. Tell them all the secrets. Yeah. I'm telling you everything that I should have known. And it's like in one year out the other, you know, it's, I just think it's something that you have to learn and experience. Like you can try and educate yourself as much as you want and try to be, you know, read quotes and whatever, but listen like- Listen to podcasts. Yeah, listen to podcasts. I'm going to get better <laughs> about that. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I just think you you have to, it's like a maturity. It's like a mental maturity thing. It just takes time. What allowed you to finally like start to believe that? Uh, it was more recently- Actually, after this past triathlon season at the end of 2020, I had the opportunity to compete in what was the 2020 biggest triathlon, um, Daytona PTO World PTO Championships. It wasn't the World Championships. It was just PTO Championships, whatever it was called. And I got my butt handed to me. Like, I I knew I was going to, (laughs) but it kind of, I was just so worked up about it and just didn't feel like I belonged at all in that atmosphere and kind of going in with that mentality just didn't help me, you know, compete any better, just made my competition even worse. And I went out to Tucson, Arizona to stay with a friend 
for the winter and just kind of train with her and whatnot. And we hung out and she was working with a mental coach at the time. She's like, you need to work with this guy, X, Y, Z. And so I worked with him for probably three or four months. And we would like chat, you know, once a week. And we would just talk about a lot of things just in life, insecurities, lacks of confidence. Um, where do these things show up? Like, why do I feel that way? And most of it like deals with how you were brought up, past experiences from a long time ago. And the cool thing I learned about that whole process was as an athlete, if you want to compete at your best, you have to make sure everything else in your life is like squared away. Because if you're like worrying about this boy and this past relationship here or a fight that you had with your mom or whatnot, like those are going to, whether or not we think they're going to have an effect, they are going to have effect on us. So if you want to compete at your best, like you have to be at peace with everything else in your life. I don't know if it's at peace or like reconcile or working on. So a couple of years ago, I started seeing a therapist and I was seeing, I had been seeing my chiropractor for Cairo. <laughs> for, for. And therapy. I mean, <laughs> no, I, but I ac- actually, my PT is like, I'm like, you're my therapist. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would tell them all the time, like, this is like part body work and part mental work. So yeah. thanks. But I had been seeing him for like, I don't know, two years at that point. And this was 2019. Yeah. And so I'd been going to a therapist for a year. And I had just broken up with my girlfriend at the time. And then I lost my grandfather. And so I was like going through this like world of like shit. Yeah. And my running was improving in ways that had never improved before. Wow. And like breakthrough workout after breakthrough workout. And Brian was like, you know why? He's like, because you're dealing with your shit. Yeah. Like you've got a lot of shit, but it's being dealt with. And so running was like the purest form of living because I would just like go out I had one focus and it was go. Yeah. And nothing else mattered in that moment. Yeah. And I've referenced this workout a couple of times on this podcast, but I very explicitly remember this six by three minute workout, one minute, two minute recovery. So like hard, hard, hard work. <laughs> yeah. And I'm running it along the Charles River in Boston in June. It must have been June because it was hot. And I had just had a conversation with my grandfather. He ended up passing away two months later. And so I went like went out for this run again. I just like broken up with girlfriend, grandfather. I'm like dealing with all of this. And I'm like, I'm just going to go. And on the fifth rep, which I always hate the penultimate rep, (laughs) I think as most people do, I was like, how fucking cool is this that we get to choose discomfort? Let's go. And I remember just like tearing up the rest of the workout. My coach told me like permission to fly today. Like you can, you can rip it a little bit if you want, particularly towards the end. And like the like empowering nature of being able to choose that discomfort in this like world of shit around you is fantastic. And so like, I'm so happy you had that experience of like choosing to work with someone, seeing the results that like you would expect to see. Yeah. And then hopefully thriving from it. Yeah, absolutely. What was some of the homework that that he gave you? If you don't mind sharing. <laughs> no, I just remember this one time and I'm not, his name is Brandon. Brandon's awesome. I'm pretty sure he thinks I'm crazy. It's great. Um, <laughs> it's good for business. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's good for business. And um, I was so angry about something. I couldn't get, like it wasn't a productive like chat with him at all because I like couldn't get past this like anger. And he's like, Lisa, you got to get rid of the anger. 
And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? He's like, just go drive to the top of the mountain, scream or something, or like punch your pillow or something. And well, I don't, I didn't do either of those things because I was like, I don't want to do that. But I remember the screaming like, in a car thing is fantastic. <laughs> Highly recommend well, it. No, I was like to listen to like angry music Got it. and sing and scream alongside yeah. it. And yeah, so I was listening to like Eminem, and I really like Eminem. Got and it. it's the weird part is like my music choices. Like I can listen to a lot of different music choices, like for a lot of different things. So like I can listen to country music while I'm like hammering really hard in a workout and I can listen to Eminem while I'm yeah. hammering really hard in a workout or riding easy. Anyways, I was like, where's just, Taylor Swift fit into this? Oh, both, right? Swift. Absolutely. Yeah. I have a T Swift playlist, um, <laughs> but I just got Shopify or Shopify. <laughs> Spotify. <laughs> so my work brain is coming. Yeah. I was going to say S apps. <laughs> um, and so I just learned how to like download a playlist. Oh, congrats. So I can listen to them in the mountains. <laughs> Opposed to like the four songs I can listen to on repeat. I realized I'd need to do that because I keep yeah, going will. out into no cell coverage. And I'm like, yep, okay, I heard that song. Yeah. And my radio in my car doesn't work if I'm driving. Got it. So I'm like. Does it work when you're not driving? No. <laughs> well, I don't know. I guess I haven't really tried. I don't just sit in my car with it running often. <laughs> I try not to. It's bad for the environment. <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, so the anger thing. So I just sang along with some Eminem music. What was the song? Uh, cleaning out my closet. Oh, literally uh, and figuratively. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's good. It's on my one of my playlists now because I really like that song. So, do you still work with a mental coach? I haven't worked with him for a little while, but we've kind of been on the if I need him basis, like call him up. But um, the things that I have learned from him. And like the skills that he's given me, I'm trying to work on myself. So if I find myself really annoyed about something or X, Y, Z, I'm like, okay, take a deep breath. Like what would Brandon say? Try to just be more conscious of your feelings and emotions. So I'm trying to get to the point where I'm like good at that. But if at a point I'm like just so stuck, that's when I'll like reach out. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Do you practice gratitude at all? Um, I probably should more often because that's really important. The summer camp that I worked for back in like northeastern Pennsylvania one summer was awesome because we had our campers and the counselors had to write three things we were grateful for down at the end of every day, which was cool. And it was cool to listen to campers do it. Uh, so I should I should go back and do that more nice. often. Yeah. Do you? Uh, yeah. I found it to be powerful. I, I haven't like intentionally chosen to do it in a while. I used to do it every time I would go into the sauna. Um, because like it's like, sauna. what else can you do when you're in the sauna? But know, think, suffer. get out, get <laughs> yeah, out, get out, <laughs> not be in the sauna, not be in the sauna. Yeah, this run felt like a sauna, sauna. just yeah. now. Um, no, it's because it's like a forced, like you can't use your phone. It's like hard to read because the pages fall out of the book and things like that. Um, so it's just like you and your thoughts. Yeah. And so I was doing it a couple times a week at the end of the workday and just like go in and like think. Yeah. Sometimes it's <laughs> hard to just be with your thoughts. And it's hard to think about what you're thinking. Right. Of. To be conscious of it. Like right now, I don't know what I'm thinking. What are you thinking about, about right now? I don't know. <laughs> What's he going to ask me next? I'm like, uh, he has curly hair. I have straight hair. <laughs> like, I don't know. That that the painting is, is on the ground. Why is that painting on the ground? Yeah. But isn't it cool how you can think about something and then be talking at the same time? Yeah. I think it's, uh, there's a word for that. <laughs> Multitasking. <laughs> Thanks again to Beam for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. As the days start to warm up and get longer, a cool-down routine in the evening becomes even more important. Did you know that you can get a subscription to Beam's Dream Powder? It's what I use most nights before bed to help with a refreshing night's sleep. 
When you subscribe, you'll get the Dream Blend with a bunch of perks like even better pricing, free shipping, a free mug, and a drink frother just for signing up. Dream helps me wind down at night and it's made with compounds like melatonin and magnesium that support a better night's sleep. Make sure to use the code FTLR at checkout for an extra 15% off the already discounted 20% off monthly rate. Thanks again to Super Coffee for supporting this episode. I have been loving their French vanilla and hazelnut flavors and the cold brew cans. Super Coffee combines the caffeine from two cups of coffee with protein and healthy fats to give you hours of focused energy with no jitters or crash. I love it as a strong start to the day. Receive 15% off of your purchase at drinksupercoffee.com slash FTLR or use the code FTLR at checkout. I recommend trying one of their variety packs or bundles. If you give it a try, let me know what you think. And now back to our conversation. Okay, so we've talked a lot about biking and running. Let's talk Mm -hmm. about swimming. Yes. Do you enjoy swimming? In groups, yes. Hot (laughs) take. Well, okay. Uh, Yes and no. I love when I swim and it feels good. You know how like when you run and it feels good? Yeah. Same thing with swimming. Um, so when it feels good and I'm swimming fast, I like those days. But you can't have those days without the shitty days, right? Yeah, I know. You're talking about running? I mean, swimming <laughs> still. <laughs> yeah, I know. Our life in general. <laughs> Isn't it funny how everything overlaps? Yeah. I did an interview a couple of weeks ago and the woman was like, so do you have any lessons that you learned in running that you applied to life? I was like, mm, all of them. <laughs> everything? Uh. She was like, tell me more about that. I was like, here are 10 examples. Yeah. <laughs> 1535 things that happen today (laughs) have you heard of the process (laughs) the journey (laughs) but yes so swimming i like swimming in groups i hate swimming by myself i don't really like open water swimming but the group that i train with we do open water swimming once a week now and it's kind of fun sometimes (laughs) but we have to do this like warm-up and like our coach julie dibbins is like Okay, warm up to the other side of the like to this side of the other lake. side of the lake or, and back. Or like, yeah, no, no, it's like swim around. We'll, we'll do one lap around the lake, and it's not a big lake, but it's still like fifteen hundred yards, and like <laughs> so, it's like over twenty minutes of swimming, like straight. It's like, a warm up. Straight, yeah, it's a warm up. I only do that when I race. I'm like, I don't want to just like swim straight, and then I get like dizzy, and I'm like, where am I? And you're sighting. You need the pole buoy, the yeah. buoy, and I need all the things, and I need a, just a kayak to rest on for a little <laughs> while, so yeah, but I like like splashing and swimming, like if you're going to lake, like and going to like, the pool, yeah, yeah like yeah, splash, yeah. like let's have fun, let's go to the beach, That I like that swimming better. Let's go to the beach and swim 2.4 miles. Yeah, and... oh, no thanks. <laughs> um, this is heavy. The microphone? Yeah. Yeah, it's a new one. I should tell guests to like work strength. on their their grip strength first. Yeah. Maybe you should have tennis players on the yeah, podcast. That's, I think of all endurance athletes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, or, yeah we're not. This one is older, but that one's newer, and uh, it's it's, it's, a, it's apparently better quality. Hundred percent. I was doing a podcast a couple of weeks ago, and I realized that my second microphone was broken. So that's why that one exists. So did you just share it? No, 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 no! I went and got another. One. <laughs> like sit here for. Seven. I was like, I was like, I'll be back. <laughs> No, this was before she got okay. here. Fortunately, I was like preparing in advance for once, and yeah. uh, it paid off. Yeah, there you go. Not literally, because I then had to buy something. <laughs> so, swim, bike, run. Mm-hmm. You do a lot of seventy point threes. Yes. Do you feel right. pressured to do more full Ironman distance? No, I'll do one eventually. I don't know if I'll ever really 
get into them, but I don't know. I don't feel pressure because I feel like I have a lot more to give at the 70.3 distance. While you're in your late 20s? Yep. <laughs> Early 20s. Right. Sorry. And uh, also training for full Ironman. It's just like, that's a really long time to exercise. That's yeah. true. It's like a very long time. You miss at least two meals while you're racing. That's yeah. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of meals. It's a lot of meals. Yeah. So on a similar note, like yeah. I was training for 50 K a couple of years ago and it's like, you missed two meals and it's like three o'clock. Yeah. Like, what, where, like did the, where did the day, where did what the day did I, go? What did I do yeah. with my day? And all of my meals were liquid. Yeah. And that, and then you're like, well, I don't know what you do in a 50 K, but like triathlon, you just like pee yourself. Yeah. So you pee yourself multiple times in this like race. And then you're just, I don't know. And then because you got all those beta alanines, you, ba you're beta alanines. Beta alanines. You're beta -alines. being red. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I'm dehydrated. Red trickle down your leg. You're like she's bleeding. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> so speaking kid. of beta alanines, beta alanines, beta alanines. Yeah, everyone says beta alanine. Very different. Right. Speaking beta -lines. of beta alanines, the good stuff. What are they? And tell me more about the company you work for. Yeah. So the company I work for, Sir Fido Performance is a small company and kind of our mission is to bring plant-based products to athletes that are going to help them reach their goals and help them stay healthy. So we actually have, and we're, there's just four of us in the company, which is pretty cool. cool. So, but we're branched off of a large seven generation family farming company in Moments, Illinois. They're massive ingredients producers. And the CEO, Jeff Van Drunen of that company is an avid cyclist. And at the company, they have another branch called Future Suticles, and they do a whole bunch of research on plants and plant phytonutrients and how that stuff helps health, essentially. And about 11 or 12 years ago, they found something called betaline, which is just a red pigment. It's found in a couple different places in nature, dragon fruit, prickly pear cactus. We get ours from red beets, and we made a product called Alt-Red. We actually, today's our fourth birthday. Wow. Alt-Red. So happy birthday, Alt-Red. And um, so we extract that betaline, put it in tiny capsules, and it's something that you take before and during exercise. Um, you've probably talked about beets and the beet craze on this podcast. And as endurance athletes, there's a whole bunch of research in beets and nitric oxide. And we like to say that Alt-Red is similar to beets, but it's better than beets because we take the most potent part of the beet, remove it from the plant matrix. So normally the betaline is attached to a sugar and a nitrate, remove the sugar, remove the nitrate. And um, when you ingest it, it actually helps stimulate your body to create this own process that it already does, um, which is create something called nitrosylated hemoglobin. So essentially a nitric oxide attaches to a hemoglobin and when it attaches, that molecule is way more stable and lasts a lot longer in your body than say something like just free floating nitric oxide. Nitric oxide in your body's half-life is like 0.05 seconds. It's there, it's gone. You do this vasodilation and it's out of there. So by attaching to this hemoglobin molecule, it sticks around for a lot longer. So it helps to vasodilate. It's a super strong natural antioxidant. The clinical research that we did showed a 14% decrease in blood lactate levels, as well as 3% increase in FTP, functional threshold, F wow. Power. FTP, power. <laughs> Sorry, I just maybe had a seizure for a second. <laughs> FTP for all those cyclists out there. <laughs> but um, What did you say? I don't know. What? Watts. <laughs> it gives you more watts, essentially. Like big uh, watts. <laughs> yes, I like big watts, I cannot lie. But yeah, so that's Alt-Red. 
Cool. So, How many times have you have you given that spiel? Hundreds? I, to, no, no. I, I would probably say over 10,000. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's a lot of times. It's yeah, a lot of times because I work the expo scene. You gotta oh, wheel and deal you gotta, and talk to everyone. Yeah. And uh, I, but I give you the fancy version. Cool, got Normally it. I just say it makes you go faster and you recover faster. You feel better. Confirmed. And it has a super cool label that says, <laughs> "Well, that's our old label, but you <laughs> like the old label. <laughs> You're really into it." <laughs> it says when it says to take one an hour before training for one to two hours, and something about it to take another one if you are training for more than two hours. If you are training for two plus hours, you are awesome and take more. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you are awesome. <laughs> so what is it like for you as an athlete working in the industry with athletes? I think there's more pros than cons for sure. Uh, for me, it helps me be more relatable to them. Um, and I specifically get to work with our like elite athletes, which is really fun. And I get to learn a lot which is awesome. So like we have two rowers that we work with and they're like in Tokyo right now. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. Like, I don't know anything about Do you ask them if the beds were real. No, I, well, I've, <laughs> I've like seen photos about these cardboard beds. It sounds awful, <laughs> but I should ask them. I was like, can you send me a photo? <laughs> but it's cool. Cause now I'm like, I'm learning more about like rowing yeah. and I'm like, this is a badass sport. And one of those super niche sports that don't have a ton of support, like, Football and baseball and like all these other like endurance triathlon, <laughs> but yeah, so it's cool to meet other athletes from other sports as well. Cool. Did you ever think you'd be working in the industry? If you asked me like five years ago, no, because I wasn't really in the industry. I was gonna be a collegiate track and cross country coach for my whole life. That's what I was gonna do. But then me pursuing my own kind of dreams and goals in sport, it wasn't as conducive to be on the collegiate cross country and track schedule because you have a meet every single week right. besides like four in the summer <laughs> and then you're recruiting all the time. So, but I, now it's awesome to be in the industry because of the people that I've met. Speaking of the people you met question about being in Colorado, specifically Boulder. I think the people in Boulder and Colorado are particularly interesting because as we talked about earlier, like nobody's from here or nobody who lives here is from here. And they're all freak athletes. And they're all freak athletes, but they've moved here because they're betting on themselves, right? You mm -hmm. moved here because somebody said, oh, you should move here. And you wanted to move here yeah. and train and like give yourself a chance. Yeah. And it's like multiply that times 50% of the residents of Boulder mm -hmm. and the surrounding areas. And you have a shitload of like really motivated, confident people who have gambled on themselves who don't have family nearby. So community is important and this and yep. that. Um, I don't know where I was going with this, but that's my <laughs> but, observation. But Boulder's <laughs> awesome, but don't move here because the housing prices are already too expensive <laughs> and I'll never be able to actually buy one. So if all the Boulder people can actually leave Boulder, that would be ideal. Yeah, smoke is coming, fire churn. Get out of here. <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, but have you, have you found that to be true? Have you found the community to be welcoming, open, that kind of thing? Yeah. And to be honest, I think it took a little while to actually find my community. Um, and part of the reason was because when I first took this job with Surf Auto Performance, I actually lived and traveled in a van for eight months. So I was gone from Boulder for a while. And then I got back in like December 2019 and then the world shut down in 2020. So <laughs> but it's a whole new world for you then. Yeah, kind of. When things started kind of getting back to normal 
I, I, and I just joined a new training group. So now I actually have like people that I train with, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So I, it is, it's just finding the right people. Cause not every person in Boulder is going to be like the right person awesome. for you. Yeah. yeah. Not everyone's going to be awesome. You know, not everyone's going to be as cool as you. Yeah, exactly. Retweet. <laughs> Retweet. <laughs> is Twitter still a thing? I think so. Okay. I think I have an account, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't know when last time I tweeted was. Nice. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah, it's been fascinating to get here, you know, knowing a lot of people, but also meeting a lot more people that like everyone is very different, but like the ethos is very mm -hmm. similar. Someone who's like confident enough in themselves to take a chance. Yeah. And those people, when you put them together, it's a very special kind yeah. of connection. And you get to thrive off of each other. Yeah. And if you come to the pool one day and you're really tired, but you're like, but this person's working their ass off, like all right, let's, it's okay. I'm going to work my ass off too. But then there's like the fine line where you're like, well, I can't just keep, keep, you know, the foot on the gas all the time. Like they've got four kids and, and the two dogs and four jobs. And, and let's do this all. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I know so many people, especially more of like the runners that are just hustlers because they have like four jobs. Yeah. I think there and have like, to be limits and boundaries. Yes. Cause at some point you're going to be more tired than productive and then you're just going to be hurt. Correct. Yeah. Hurt and angry. Yeah. Okay. So fast forward <laughs> five years to your proper mid thirties, mm -hmm. uh, which is fast forwarding from your early twenties, like pretty significantly. What are you really proud of accomplishing? Uh, well, I don't know. I just had to share this real quick. Cause you were like in high school, did you fill out one of those? Like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? I don't think I did, but well, I, <laughs> I did. know what you're talking about. I, I did. I said, like, what would you have accomplished Where, where in 10 did years? you see yourself in 10 years? Yeah. And so I went to my 10-year high school reunion a couple years ago. Nice. Aren't those awkward? It was. That kind of, I, was <laughs> I was the first person there. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, that's a guarantee the to person. be awkward. I was like, oh, courses that I get because I'm really early to everything. Um, and nobody else showed podcast. up for two hours. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, then thankfully someone else showed up, but I was like, I don't remember who that is. <laughs> they have like, a name tag? Uh, yeah, we did have to put name tags on. <laughs> but I, so we filled out these time capsules senior year of high school. We had to open them, which is really funny. And I said, so 10 years later from high school is 28. And by 28, I was going to be a personal trainer living in California with four kids. And I was going to have completed an Ironman. <laughs> and I was just like, thank God, none of that is true. <laughs> I was like, what was I thinking back then? Like, What were you kids? thinking? I don't know. Four by 28. Yeah. What? Wow. <laughs> That's like my sister. No, she had four by 32. That was too many. Got it. <laughs> I love my nieces. Still possible, but. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I don't know what I was thinking. So anyways, where do I see, <laughs> looking back, where do I see myself? Or what I. Fast forward five years. Five years. So I'm 36. Yeah. Um, Which is by definition. Mid 30s. Mid 30s. Upper 30s. No. <laughs> mid. <laughs> I think I'd be really proud if or, you know, excited if I was able to feel like I didn't leave anything out or I didn't. I didn't leave any stone unturned, if that makes sense. Like, I, I think I would be most proud if I felt like I really tried hard every day and brought positive attitude and was optimistic. I mean, yeah, would I love to, like, win all these races? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, I don't want to measure my success by, like, winning races or finishing on podiums. I'd rather look back and say, like, 
am I proud of the way that I trained and the person that I've become and the relationships that I made compared to like, you know, winning this world championship. But that would be cool. Do you think that that attitude and approach will allow you to win more or achieve that objective level of success? I don't know, because I think a lot of people that I meet who are like world champions and stuff, I feel like they might be a little more edgy than I am. And maybe that's something that I have to learn to be like when you can turn that on and when you can turn it off. Is Um, it edgy or is it confidence in your ability? I think it might be confidence, but I think sometimes you have to like talk the talk before you walk the walk because then like you're, I don't know, you're kind of setting a standard or expectation for yourself. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Kind of like that. (laughs) Like, okay. And so the coach that I'm working with now, Julie Dibbins is, she's an awesome person and she's a multiple time world champion, was an Olympian. Yada, yada, yada. Anyways, she's like a really good cyclist. And so like my thing now is like, I just really want to kick her ass on the bike. I want to be able to drop her so hard. But she's like, she's really fast still, really fast. Um, But so I'm like, oh, maybe I'm going to get a little like edgy because I'm going to like, yeah, I'm going to kick your ass today type of thing. So I think that's the way. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Okay, so zoom back five years. Okay, how old am I now? Right now, today. Yeah. What are you really proud of right now? I successfully cut a watermelon yesterday. <laughs> so I'm proud of that. And I have all my fingers still attached. That is important. Uh, <laughs> it is important. What am I really proud of? It helps with drag when the swim. So you do need all those fingers. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. And I need all the help I can get there in that category. What am I really proud of? I think I'm proud of staying true to myself in terms of what I want and who I am and having a level of integrity. I think I'm proud of that. What does Um, that mean? I think, and you can define, I guess, integrity in a lot of different ways, but like integrity and saying like true to yourself, true to yourself, true to what you want, true to how you feel, true to relationships that you, you make or break, just kind of like doing my best to be authentically me. And it takes a little bit of time for sure, because sometimes when you're sitting by yourself in the sun and you're like, am I being myself? (laughs) I don't know. What is myself? Who is I? Who am I? I don't know. Um, So I think I'm proud of at least the effort that I'm making to do that. And I think I'm proud of some of the setbacks that I've overcome. I had surgery in 2020 and that was hard to get over and get through. But I think I'm proud of kind of going through that process and being patient with it and learning about myself throughout it. And I think I'm just proud of like the relationships that I've made. Cool. Yeah. People I've surrounded myself with. Along the line of integrity, someone mm-hmm. said to me once, if it's not a fuck yes, it's a fuck no. And I that's like, like that. right in line with yeah. like what you were saying there. Yeah. I like that quote. Yeah. I might steal it. Go for if it. If you see it on Instagram, <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll quote you. Nice. <laughs> quote credit. John. Get 10,000 new followers <laughs> yeah. overnight. I'll finally be able to get the swipe up. Yeah. <laughs> The blue check. Oh, this the white blue check is, yeah, I got to go to Tokyo for the blue check. Probably. Or like be like a Nobel Prize winner or yeah, something. something like that. Yeah. Or like a top podcaster or something. Oh, like you're on your way though. <laughs> once I start listening to all the yeah, podcasts. Yeah. And once this one goes live, we're, goes go- viral. we're, we're golden. Yeah. Um, what are you afraid of besides the bottom of that can of seltzer? Oh, no, I have like one sip left. 
And it's watermelon flavor. Oh my God. Good, right? <laughs> That's good. destiny. But it is destiny. But I would say that like my favorite seltzer flavor is grape. Which okay. Which is like unpopular opinion. Definitely unpopular but, opinion. Um, Do you like grape medicine too? Okay. Everyone says like, oh, grape. <laughs> and then they go right to the grape medicine. Does, nobody likes any flavor medicine. Fine. Right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so like, no, I don't like grape medicine. I'm like, grape oh, Gatorade. You're like, I, yep. Okay. Yep. Right. <laughs> great lollipops, great flavored candy. Wow, very yeah, great. All about it. I'm also a big uh, strawberry. Got strawberry. it. Yeah. Uh, what am I scared of? Spiders. I killed Reasonable. a spider yesterday. Nice, congrats. And my roommate got really mad at me. He's like, don't kill spiders. Don't kill spiders. They're bad luck. I'm like, ooh. It's, it's worse luck to like wake up eating one. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm like itchy. Like, I'm going to kill the spider. And he's like, I'll take care of it next time. I was like, okay, but you're coming running any hour of the day to take care of the spider. Okay, what am I really afraid of? Well, I'm kind of afraid of not staying true to myself, what I want, what I think I deserve. And I'm scared of settling. Scared of settling in uh, relationships, in work, in athletics. Um, Do you think that's what pushes you? I don't know if that pushes me right now, but like in terms of athletics, but I think I'm more motivated by trying to find out what I am capable of opposed to just being like, okay, with being mediocre. But I think, but I think the settling thing is scary. Because like you see, I'm mean, we see people all the time, like in relationships that yeah. you're like, why are you in that relationship? You're always complaining or just like, I mean, I've like lived that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, and we, I think most of us all have, yeah. like if you've had a couple of relationships, you're, you're right. getting to a point you're like, do I deserve this? Is this right for me? But that's like, the, that's the hard thing. It's like what you have versus what you want. Yeah. And it's run, it's running, it's triathlon, it's life, it's whatever. It's the house you're in. It's the bike you have. It's right. the relationship you have. Right. I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> don't settle in <laughs> life or anything, you know? I don't know. Cool. So. Let's see. We have time for one more question here. What do you wish people knew about you besides the grape thing? Maybe you don't wish people knew about that. Uh, maybe they'll judge me. They'll probably judge me. Don't judge people. It's bad. <laughs> it's bad juju. <laughs> uh, what I wish people knew about me. I already told you my biggest accomplishment, my sixth grade mile record. That's true. Yeah. You wish people knew you still held that. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I, I, what do I wish people knew about me? You just like make something up. I know. That's, this uh, is creative liberty. I can shake my eyes. Let's see it. <laughs> <laughs> Can yeah, I can see I it. Really, yeah, I'm confirming that it's happening. I, yeah, I can yeah. shake my eyes. And people are like, how do you do it? Like, I don't know. I have just really strong eye muscles. So I don't know. Maybe that's like more of a special talent question. Well, that that counts. Yeah. So if people want to follow along with triathlon, eye shaking, yes. watermelons, and spider killing, <laughs> where can we find you on your corner of the internet? Oh, I don't have a website. Should I create a website? Do you have a website? I have a website. Oh, maybe I'll make a website. I get a guy. Okay, you got a guy. You can hook it up with the guy. He, create my website. His name is Tony. <laughs> Tony. Tony with a Sony. <laughs> uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Lisa Bacaris, B-E-C-H-A-R-A-S. It's Greek. I was right. wondering. Everyone's like, probably, you know, what is that? It's Greek. I'm Greek. You look at me and you see no Greek in me. But yeah. That's cool. Great. You can follow me. Awesome. I have a TikTok, but I usually <laughs> Just watch videos. Post the Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, time. Thanks so much for taking some time to chat, and we'll go for a bike ride sometime soon. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Of course, you can drop me. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. <laughs>
That's it for today's episode. Like many long runs, it's sad when it has to end. I hope you join in next time on For the Long Run. And in the meantime, happy trails. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean a lot to me if you shared it so that others can find it and enjoy it too. This podcast and the accompanying music has been produced by Brian Walters of Single Track Sound. For the Long Run's logo was created by Vanessa Wolf of Sterling Wolf. 